Hola, hola, hola. What's up, everybody? I'm just going to get right into it. I have so many of my friends right now that are dealing with this situation of, I need to get this done right now, or I need to have achieved something by this age, or I need to have, you know, I need to have it all figured out right now. And I know exactly what that kind of pressure feels like, um, given that I'm going into my late 20s, which grosses me out to beyond belief but anyways that's not the point here is I know exactly what that feels like and I have stories and I have advice that I want to give to the people not even just the people that I know that are in my life that are feeling like this but just anybody who's willing to listen and anybody who feels like they've they haven't done anything this pandemic or they haven't done anything that's worthwhile in a really long time so you know how I said in the first episode that Chiona is like a love letter to all of my friends when they don't want to read my text messages or when I just don't feel like calling them or when I just don't feel like speaking to them face to face and giving them a whole life story or some sort of piece of advice that they're asking me for. This is one of those times where I feel like I directly need to speak to my friends that are feeling really overwhelmed by the fact that they feel like they haven't been productive or they don't know what they're going to do with their lives and everything like that. And like I had said, the only way that I'm really able to draw any sort of experience are from the things that I've dealt with and the things that I've gone through in my life. So this one might be a little bit of a doozy, but here is the story of how I went from knowing exactly what I wanted to not knowing what I wanted to then sort of kind of knowing what I wanted. So when I had just started high school, I was dead set on becoming a journalist. One of my favorite movies of all time is 13 Going on 30. And I strived for my life to be exactly like Jenna Rinks when she became 30 years old. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to live in this nice ass apartment. I'm going to have the best shoe closet or the best closet there is i'm gonna work as a magazine editor i'm gonna go into journalism that's gonna be my life like i know it seems kind of trivial and silly now to think like okay like what are you doing basing your life off of a movie but bits and pieces of it were like part of the lifestyle that i wanted to have where i was like i want to work in fashion i really do because i love uh reading about it i love um, I, I, I love like the clothes and I love the whole world behind it, but I didn't realize that there was so much more involved than just taking pictures of things and writing about things and, and all that stuff. But anyways, so I was very dead set on being, a, on being an editor of, of a magazine, uh, when I first started high school, that was what I was like, I thought that I was born to do. I was destined to do that. So then in grade 11 is when they started to uh, kind of, I guess, push us in the direction of, hey, like, what are you going to do after high school? What are you going to do for university and college? You know, we call it university over here, for those that are wondering. But they asked us questions like that. And we actually had to take a course um, called civics and careers. Well, we talked about that where we were like, okay, like, what sort of careers would you ever be interested in? Just to get our minds kind of rolling on that. So anyways, um, I was still very dead set on becoming a journalist. I was like, no, like, I want to be a journalist. And that's kind of why I signed up to do the yearbook for my school in my senior year, because uh, I really, really wanted to uh, get that experience in and put it as a part of my portfolio on top of all the other writing pieces that I was working on. 
and because that's what a lot of journalists journalism uh programs they require you to have a portfolio of work that you can show to them and demonstrate to them hey like she wants to be part of this like this is what she's really passionate about anyways so i had always kept telling people i'm gonna be a journalist i'm gonna be a journalist i'm gonna be a journalist and it's funny because as soon as applications came to do uh as soon as applications for university came to do them in grade 12 I kind of had this moment where I thought to myself, yeah, I took all of these writing courses in high school. Because again, for those of you that do know or do or do not know, I am not a math and science person. I can't, no, 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 no. So all I took in high school was was gym and art and English courses, like a lot of writing courses though. And so because I took all those courses, I felt like I'd been prepared, but then I started to realize like, Yes, I like writing, but do I want to do it for the rest of my life? Do Is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? And fact of the matter is, is I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life because it was a hobby of mine that I just genuinely enjoyed doing on my downtime. I didn't want to have to feel like I kept doing it every day for the rest of my life. And it was so difficult for me to decide because I had already applied to one journalism program um, in the city and everything else I felt like okay well this is going to be a last ditch resort but I also really really love um, social science and social studies and things like that I was always good at it actually Um, ever since I was a kid I was really good at like social studies and and that whole aspect of um, you know like daily life and and learning about history and writing about you know contemporary life um, as we know it I guess and so because of that I looked into other programs um, that kind of rolled around the subject of, um, you know, human rights and um, people's minds. And then I started to, like, get the idea that, hey, you know what? Like, psychology seems like it'd be a really good thing to study. A really good thing to study because, you know, I can... I, I really, I'm really interested in how people think and how they work and why they do the things that they do. And in particular, I really do, and as weird as it sounds, I really do like learning about serial killers, particularly female ones. I know a lot of people go into the whole, because typically a lot of serial killers are male. That's, that's, that's widely known as a lot of them are male, but some of them are women or identify as women and it's crazy. Well, I shouldn't use the word crazy, but for lack of a better word, it's crazy how, uh, you know, how these women think and how they, you know, portray themselves and the way that they're able to manipulate and, and speak to people all on the basis of the fact that they're a woman, you know, uh, you should really check it out. If you ever get the chance to search up female serial killers and you'll be on like a plethora and you'll go down a dark hole of, of all these people that do terrible and crazy things. But anyways, I was very much interested in all of that. So I was like, you know what? Like I will apply for a psychology programs. So that's exactly what I did. And I started researching more and more about what they learn in these programs. And I was like, this seems really interesting. I'm down with that. So immediately my mind had changed from becoming a top-notch journalist working for a fashion magazine to getting into psychology and becoming a psychologist and, you know, doing all of that stuff. Okay, guys, and you'd think that this is where the story ends, right? Where I live a happily ever after life and I'm happy with my psychology degree and things are going great. No, that's 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 funny that, uh, you know, I mentioned that because I didn't even end up getting a degree in psychology and I will explain why. 
So I get to um, I get to university on the first day. I remember this clear as day. I get to university one of my 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 first one of my first classes, psychology one thousand. Okay, and not to mention so not to mention the fact that I was completely new to this university. I didn't really have any friends that were there because all my friends they all left the city to go to school, like go away to school. I was one of the very few out of my friend group that stayed in the city to commute um to to school on a regular basis nobody else really went to the school that i was going to and it's funny because all these schools that my friends ended up going to these are schools that yes they're big but they don't have as wide of a student population and majority of the students that are going to these schools are also living out there so they're all experiencing the same things together and because of that it's a little bit more close-knit where you can you know live in a dorm and you can talk to different people and you can meet people you know and share the same experiences as them whereas my school was a commuter school so um you pretty much had you know hundreds of thousands of students coming in day in and day out leading completely different lives where you could have like a you could have like a 30 year old with a 19 year old in the same class but then one is taking uh, like four years to finish their degree another one's taking a victory lap another one's doing two years like it's it's a whole mixture of people so it's a little overwhelming when you get into that environment i guess you could say full of so many people that you don't even know when you're so used to being in a high school that yeah you know you see people the same people on a regular basis anyways i was feeling really really like i guess scared because i'd never really experienced that before and so when i got to my psych 1000 class this class guys had over 300 people in it and i was blown away like my school my school my university so my alma mater in undergraduate uh studies they have roughly around 50,000 students over 50,000 students i should say enrolled and 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 commuting to this place on a regular basis it's insane so think of like little 18 year old 19 year old me just like sitting in a class of 300 completely like unaware of what to say or what to do or who to sit with because again i didn't have that many friends or i didn't even have really that that that, that a friend group or a friend from high school that was going to the same um university as me so i sat there and i we went through the first class and they told us what books we needed to get and i was invested i'm not gonna lie i was invested for the first little bit but then it wasn't until i got my grade back for one of my first tests in psych 1000 that i felt extremely discouraged and wanted to quit university altogether because i got a really bad grade and i studied super hard uh or at least i thought i studied super hard for that test i was like what the heck man like why am i getting this grade and so i continued for the year in the psych program and the thing with the program that i was in is you needed to have a certain average in order for you to move on to the next courses um like in your second year i think a lot of programs do that but anyways so i didn't get the grade i needed to go on to uh second year courses so I had to take Psych 1000 again, and that's exactly what I did. And I thought it was because I wasn't paying attention or because I was still so su stuck on the fact that all my friends were gone, blah, 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 whatever it is, okay? And 
I get into Psych 1000 again, same same concept, tons of people in that class, but I was kind of accustomed to how things were going because I was in my second year, right? And I'm not even joking, literally halfway through um, halfway through the sem first semester of my second year, I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I can't I can't do psychology anymore. So I called my mom and I was upset. I was like, Mom, like I just I don't know what to do because I feel like I don't know what I want anymore. I thought this is what I wanted and I feel like I'm wasting your guys' money. Because my parents paid for my tuition, God bless them. I was like, I feel like I'm wasting your guys' money. Like you guys work so hard for this and I'm just throwing it all away. Like I wanna quit, I wanna quit, I wanna quit. And my mom is the type of person that rationalizes things for me because i am a very not so level-headed person when it comes to things like this where i can't i can't sometimes i can't anticipate things going wrong and i don't know how to react to them so a lot of times and i think that has a lot to do with the fact that i've been sheltered a whole lot in my life um that's a whole other story for a different day but um but because of that my mom she very much is the type of person that's like okay just stop and think for a minute and be an, be an adult and that was the first time that i had ever really experienced that kind of shift from being a teenager to being an adult because at this point i was almost 20 years old and i needed to figure things out right but anyways my mom said try and see if you know there's another course that you like or if there's things from certain courses that you like that maybe you might want to switch your major in so my mom gave me really good suggestions and she said if you really can't find anything or if you haven't decided on anything then drop out and then reapply next year and so while i was doing my homework for a social science course that i was in it was intro to social science i think it was and i also did um, a course on um a history course that I was taking and so I was was looking through it and I, for some reason the words um social psychology stood out to me and I was like wait a minute that's not the that's not the that's not the stuff we've been learning because in psych 1000 for those of you that don't know at least this is how the program was structured for me uh psych 1000 has a lot to do with science and parts of the brain and things and and the processes that ha that are involved within that not really much of the social aspects were involved in that you learn about that stuff way later on in this in your second third and fourth year you get to choose all that stuff but in the first year you're very much dumbed down to the basics where it's like the brain does this and the brain remembers this and this is how the brain does this so I wasn't down with that, but I was down with social psychology. So I did a little bit more research on it. And my childhood course or my history course was talking about sociology. And I was like, what's all that about? So I did more digging. And this is why research is very important. Uh, I did some more digging on programs regarding sociology. And I was, I was so... I was so captivated. I was like, what is this? Like, I feel like I could probably do this. And I'm good at writing. So, I mean... I don't think it involves all that much because a lot of the courses within sociology did require me to write a lot of essays and, and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm going to I'm going to switch. So I told my parents about this. I was like, you know, like, I don't think psychology is for me, but I'm going to switch to sociology. And it's funny because when they asked me what that was, I couldn't even explain it to them. You know, I was like, uh, well, I guess I'll find out when I go to the first class. And when I went to the first class. Uh, in my third year, because I had finished the whole year, you know, finished out the psych and everything like that. I finished out. And in my third year, I was like, 
I came into uh, Sociology 1000 and I loved it and I did amazing in it. I killed it, actually. I don't want to brag or anything like that, but I killed it. I got an A in that class and I thought, okay, so this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. And so then because I had fallen behind in the past two years of me you know, basically dicking around in the psychology, uh, in the psychology program, I didn't get to graduate with the friends that I had made, um, you know, throughout my time at my university. So I was kind of bummed out about it because I was like, okay, I finally found something that I really want to do, but all of them are pretty much almost done. This really sucks. Oh my gosh. Like, what am I going to do? But the thing is, is guys, I, I learned something very valuable when I went to, uh, when I went to Kenya. Um, this was a, this was in 2016. I went to Kenya. So this was a year before I had graduated. I, uh, I met this girl and she, she's an incredible, she's an incredible person. She's, she, um, she taught me a lot about what it means, uh, what it means to fight for, what you believe in and to really um go out there and don't and not be afraid to tell people how you feel because she said to me sarah here's the thing i feel like you're so focused on i need to graduate at this time at this time at this time but you're not really looking at the fact that you know you're at an institution where you're learning something new and you're getting so many opportunities because of it or you're going to get so many opportunities because of it and this is what always stands out to me is she said, when they call your name at the podium during your graduation, they're not going to tell you how long it took you to get it. They're all they're going to say is that you got it. And that will forever be ingrained in my mind because I felt so discouraged up until that point. And that's when I finished my degree the following year. I got my undergraduate with honors in sociology. And from there, it's like, it was like, okay, so now what? And for those of you that know the story, a lot of my mental health suffered because I felt very confused and very conflicted about what I should do with my life. And I'm here to say that it doesn't all happen in 10 seconds. You don't figure things out and things change. I'm telling you, things change. I thought I wanted to be a journalist and what? I ended up in sociology, like, you know, completely different areas and completely different industries and whatnot. And that doesn't even begin to tell you about my graduate school journey which is meant for another time but the whole premise of this is for me to just say like things change and I promise like I, I know it's hard to believe seeing it from somebody else's eyes and seeing like oh like things seem to like happen just so magically for you guys I really really wanted to quit because all my friends seem to be having such an amazing experience during their undergrad. I made so many friends and I got this job and I got to do this with my friends that I made at university. Like a lot of my, a lot of people that I know, they're still friends with their, with their colleagues from, from undergraduate university. I want to say I've kept in touch, like regularly keep in touch with maybe like three people that I met in my entire five years that I spent at my university and undergrad. You know, like it, it's, it, everyone's lives are so different. And, but I think, I think what needs to be taken away from here is don't be upset if, if you feel like what you had originally picked, if you somehow down the line realize, wait, this isn't for me. You always have the option of changing your mind. You always have the option of changing your mind and it is never too late to start over. 
So since we're on the subject of like fulfilling things in your life or not feeling like you're you've done enough in your life yet or just like feeling really confused about where your life is going please 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 tell me you've heard this before maybe if you're younger than me you might not understand maybe you started to get these kinds of questions before because I know I started getting these questions as soon as I turned like 25 that's really when it started pushing even further because my sister just got married in 2019 so what two years ago it's been almost yeah and this is exactly when the question started coming is picture this I'm sitting down at my sister's wedding and then that's when everyone prompts the conversation or prompts the question and is like yeah no vio mijita which is in English it means and your boyfriend and so I'm just sitting there like no I don't have a boyfriend blah, blah, blah. and then picture this I get the boyfriend okay then the next question is Oh, mijita, ya tienes novio, entonces cuándo te vas a casar? Translation, when are you going to get married? Okay, let's say I do get married, okay? I get married, la-di-da-di-da, happy, 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 okay? That's enough for me. That's more than enough for me. Then the conversation goes again and it shifts to, Oh, mijita, ya estás casada por un año y no tienes hijos. ¿Cuándo vas a tener hijos? translation you're married you've been married for a year you don't have any kids what's going on are you gonna have any kids or like why aren't you gonna have any kids and it's just this cycle that just keeps going because i feel like no matter what you do people are never satisfied they are never satisfied like even as of right now this conversation comes up a million and one times and i'm just kind of like <laughs> i'm kind of tired i'm, I'm kind of not gonna lie i'm kind of tired because at first I kind of felt that pressure a little bit where it's like, okay, like, what am I going to do? But now I just don't care. <laughs> now I just, I really don't care. But what always gets me is that, I have you noticed this? If you have a brother, if you have a brother, then you will know exactly what this feels like. Is Whether they're younger or they're older, it doesn't matter, okay? Um, they'll never get this question. They will never get this question about, oh, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Blah, 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 blah. Because apparently... Men can have kids up until they're like 80 or whatever. So like their time isn't, their, 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 their lifespan or whatever. Like it's not, it's not ticking in that sense where they want to make a family or, you know, they want to build their life with somebody. Like it's not ticking. And that pisses me off so much because, yo, the last time somebody asked that to my brother, he was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, like when it comes, when it comes, it comes, right? And everyone's just okay with that answer. Everyone's perfectly fine with that. But if I were to give that answer, everyone's just everyone just looks at me and is like, oh, she's going to be alone for the rest of her life, isn't she? Like, what is that? What is that? Please tell me. Like, what is that? All right. Well, now that I've calmed down from that rant, I kind of want to draw it back to what I was originally talking about, where it's like this pressure that we feel to achieve things or to accomplish things within a certain period of time. And I want you guys to take into account that not everyone's lives are the same and I'll give you a prime example of this my best friend's sister is a year older than me and I thought about this a lot like a couple years ago this is before I got into grad school and I was thinking I was like yo this girl's a year older than me she already has her own house she has a car she has a husband she has a kid she's on baby number two now like, she has it all together. She has her life all together. And I'm still in school trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But the way I see it now, guys, the way I see it is that's her life. Keyword, that is her life. It's not my life. 
And the same thing applies to you is where you feel like, oh, this person's getting married or this person, you know, just got a cool job or, you know, people are doing things with their lives right now. It's like, okay, that's cool, but that's their life. It's not your life. And as, you know, as bummy as it is to feel like, oh, well, yeah, it's their life and their life is great and my life sucks or whatever, like to feel so negatively about things like that. I think we need to shift our, our minds to, wait a minute, first of all, we're in a pandemic, so life has slowed down tremendously for everybody okay and second of all comparing your life to somebody else's is completely unrealistic because you have no idea what it takes for a person to get to where they are i know a lot of people will hear my academic career story and be like what the heck like i didn't know that they didn't a lot of people don't know that because they immediately see that i already have my undergraduate degree and that i have my master's degree now and i'm going from mphd People just see it at face value. And that's that's exactly what it is. You don't know the details in somebody's life unless you ask them or unless they tell you. And I think that's just what's so interesting nowadays is that we always want to share our successes with everybody and everybody's like, oh my gosh, their life is perfect and they have this, they have that, they have that, they have that. When in reality, we don't actually know what it really takes for somebody to get to the point that they're at you know what i mean like we'd rather share our successes than our downfalls a lot of the time and it's very rare that we get to see people's downfalls unless you're close to somebody because let me tell you something 2018 was not a very kind year to me and a lot of people could see it firsthand how much i suffered that year and how much i really really had to pull myself out of the ashes and rise like a phoenix <laughs> um but I think something to just keep in mind is, again, seeing somebody else's life and thinking like, oh, why isn't that my life? Or, or yo, they've done so much in their life already and I feel like I've done absolutely nothing. Comparing your life to somebody else's, it doesn't make sense because it's their life to have. It's not your life to have. And the, and the life that you have, you should always be appreciative of it. And I know that's easier said than done. But even just appreciating the little things in life and, and looking at, you know, hey, like, I'm so glad that I woke up today. Hey, I'm so glad that I had food to eat today. It's little things like that are just um, are just pieces that you can take with you and, and remember on a constant basis that, you know, we overlook all of these, like, little tiny little things and, and we want to look at the bigger picture and we want to be at the point or we want to be at the part where it's like, oh, yes, I'm finally successful. But I think personally for me, I think really engaging in the, the hard work and, you know, the determination and all that stuff and being compassionate and, and, and really just going for something, that's what truly matters. And the, and the effort that you're making, that's what truly matters. Yes. Okay, cool. You'll, you'll be successful and everything like that. But looking back at all the steps you took to become successful, I think that right there is the true selling point. This is what I always like to tell people and to myself is that if life were easy, if it were all if it were all just one straight line and if everything were if everything went perfectly in our lives, we would never truly know what it means to work hard. We would never truly know what it means to really be appreciative and happy about something. We'd just blindly be like, "Oh, yes, that was so simple, whatever," you know, and move on to the next thing. But I'm telling you that, you know, seeing it firsthand as somebody that has really suffered um by the hands of their mental health um being able to look back and be like wow i went through that and i was able to conquer that and i was able to just push through and work my butt off seeing that firsthand is one of the most 
wonderful feelings in the world. All right, and I guess that's the end of the episode. Uh, I'm going to sign off for the day. I just want to say once again, thank you so much to everybody that's been super supportive of Chiona. Uh, I never really got a chance to explain why I'm, why I called it or why I decided to call it Chiona, so I'll briefly explain. Um, so when I was a kid, I used to have terrible stage fright. I like terrible, terrible stage fright. Uh, at my church, we always used to sing, do plays, presentations, and things like that. And everybody always knew me as the girl that would cry on stage. And my mom, as a joke, would call me a Chiona because I would just stand there and I would just cry in front of everybody. And now, obviously, I've gained the confidence and I'm more outgoing and able to present in front of people. Actually, I love it now. Um, so that kind of is just a play on you know how afraid I used to be. Um, versus how I am now and also just also to kind of just poke fun at the fact that I cry about everything now like I cry at movies I cry at tv shows I cry at like cute little videos on instagram that's the little that's that that's the joke right there but uh yeah people were asking me that question um another thing is probably in the next episode I'm going to talk about <laughs> Tommy because apparently this this question is a recurring thing and it's been been recurring for the past I don't know how long so yes the next episode will have to do with Tommy and we will touch base on that a little bit right there so I hope you guys can stick around for that one but until then black lives matter indigenous lives matter immigrant lives matter uh and God loves you so so very much okay bye